Welcome back to another episode of Mean Girl Pod. Episode 101. Alex? What? Before we start, everybody go do it right now. Tell them what to do. Subscribe. Okay, guys, we're, we're looking into all this data. Basically, let's just make it simple. Subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel. And then if you are subscribed, go turn on the little bell, which gives you notification whenever our episodes drop. Let me give you an example of this. Every Friday, I'm obsessed with new, new music Friday on iTunes. I'm just stuttering through this. <laughs> and I don't get a notification that it's happening. So sometimes I miss Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of New Music Friday, and I remember on Monday. What I would love is a reminder that it's happened because it's my favorite day of the week, which is how you guys feel about Mondays. So go turn on your notifications, and then when you wake up on Monday and you're like busy and frantic and you're trying to get ready for work, your little bell will go off and it'll be like, new Mean Girl episode. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can listen to this while I'm getting ready. The best way to start your Monday. You're welcome. It just, turn on the, no- I've never regretted a notification. Never. And there's not enough of them. So Apple fix that and then everybody else go right now and turn on the notifications and subscribe if you aren't subscribed. And you know what Alex is going to do right now? She's going to subscribe to Mean Girl. <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to be our 100,000th one. When we're at 99999, I'm going to go do it. Yes. I'll be like, okay, I'll, and I'll feel good. That's but I so got to save it for like when we need it. We, we, we don't need it. We're growing like crazy. True, 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 true. Yes, I know. And then we have to do something big for 100,000. Yeah, now's not the time. How are you? You know how I am is really good. <laughs> I'm, um, I am level setting. I only wear guys' clothes now. It's um, really cute. It's, he's gonna hate that. It's cute. Oh, oh is it actually <laughs> guys' clothing? It's his. I mean, it's so manly. Cute. So manly of you. Um, I am in just a, like, no outside noise era, kind of. Like, I'm reading a lot. I'm journaling a lot. I'm just, like, chilling. And so that's how I am. I'm uninterrupted. Oh, I love that. You're on Do Not Disturb. I am on Do Not Disturb, and it it's quite nice. How are you? I'm good, except I feel like you, last year, where you were about to go crazy if you didn't see the sun. Yes. Because it's been so cold in New York, Alex. It's like Minnesota, North Dakota cold. Oh, you know, it's not... Like, you know, I always wanted to live New York, Miami, yeah. which I still want to do. But like New York, L.A. right now is working because of the palm trees. But we're not and supposed to the boy because the boy because <laughs> it, it has to. We're not supposed to be like this in, in this wintry. Well, some people are fine, I think, but we are not. This is the first time in my entire life where I have been like, I don't think I could live in New York all year round for the rest of my life. Why do you think it is? Because it's so cold. But I feel like it usually doesn't get you this bad. That's because, like, if you think about it, the first two winters in New York weren't this cold. It Were they not? like, windy, like, f- windburn, freezing. Like, don't even want to go outside because it's, like, bone chilling. Okay. I didn't, I never know winter over, like, I never know when we're having, like, an abnormally bad one. Yeah. Or I'm just becoming a baby. Like, my Minnesota, North Dakota, like, leather has fell off my well, body. Well, ha- that happens. They say, I remember when I moved to L.A., and I lived there for a certain, I would go and I, oh, and I moved here. I was freezing at the beginning because my, it takes, what is it? 75 days for your blood to adjust or something. Oh, well then I'm, that, this explains It's gone. It's gone for you. Yeah. Do yeah. you still drink iced coffees when it's cold outside? Or you moved on to warm coffees? Um, so it depends. If I go to Dunkin', always iced coffee. If I go at home, I just use my Nespresso, but I'm prefer iced coffee. I'm on a decaf kick. No caffeine? Uh, well, no, I'm I'm just drinking like 
one cup of real coffee, and then the rest I'm doing decaf. I noticed that yesterday. You asked for a decaf, and I was like, who is she? It's like two, it was like too late. It was like three o'clock. Typically, what I would do right there is like have a real coffee, get the jitters, freak out around five. And it, I'm just like, for what? Yeah, and guess who didn't fall asleep until 11 last night? You? Because I had coffee at three. I didn't even think about it. Did you order coffee? Yeah, I had a latte. Oh, I didn't notice. And then that has an espresso shot in it. Yeah. I didn't even think twice. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, why can't I fall asleep? I usually go to bed at nine, like every night. And it's 11. I was like, I had a coffee at three. Yeah. My body. And the thing is, at the moment, I think I want the caffeine. If I can order the decaf, I forget. Yeah. And then I just move on and, and I have the taste of it. So it's fine. It was really, it was not smart of me to do that. Um, also, I have two statements that I want to retract on. Oh, what are they? One. Russian manicures are out. Why? <laughs> Why? I'm back to basics because I can't sit for two hours. So this is a basic this one. This is just a basic gel manicure. And we're bad at this, but those look great. I mean, <laughs> $50, you're in a chair for 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. I and it, we're really quick to be like, those look incredible. Now, I'll say, can I say this? This is what I think would happen. If you said Russian or not, I'm not sure I would know. Well, I mean, like, yeah, they don't look bad. Well, no, I just, I don't know, blind, like, well, not blindfolded, but like, <laughs> those look just as good. Also, I think you and I can both agree with this. Like, long nails, I feel like you and I go on stints with, like, just, I'm not a long nail girly. All of a sudden, I'm like, mm -hmm. this was me typing last week. I'm like, how do people type with long nails? Yeah, and I can't stick to a color. No. I want a new color, so that's good. And, and on your phone, you're like, and I'm like, everyone around me is like staring. Because they're long. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. So so we're off. We're, we're like, no more. Yeah. Okay. Also, um, dry January is a hoax, and not drinking is not healthier for you. Because I, January was my healthiest month. I didn't drink besides one day and that which with when you don't drink you're eating healthier you're sleeping so much better you're going to the gym more often like I can attest to all these things like my sleep has been awesome my diet everything I get sick I never get sick <laughs> February will be your healthiest month but you know what I mean how funny is that? like the one month I don't drink yeah when I'm having like my healthiest month I get sick and like when I say I don't get sick I mean like I genuinely never get sick right so I was like what the heck I think that there's like, I think that's a good thing, no? Isn't there like this whole thing around when you make like a lifestyle change and you like cut out alcohol or you cut out sugar and it takes your body like three weeks to catch up and then you go through like a detox. Oh. I think this is like all part of it. That's why I think February will be when you, you actually bear the fruit of dry January. You know what? You're so right. Everyone, someone else said that to me the other day too. They were like, it takes your body three weeks. I know you told told it to me, and then I heard it from someone else. They're like, it takes your body three weeks to see the change. So that's why people like quit so easily. So I think you're right. Maybe February is my month of glowing up. When I quit drinking for like that year and a half, I don't know the stat, but for your body to fully detox alcohol out of your brain, it's, um, and Graham will know the stat, it's shocking. It's like a year and a half. Shut up. Yeah, it's 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 shot. The number is shocking of how long it takes to actually start for your memory, for the lobe or whatever to like fully redevelop back. Yeah, you you can function fine. People, people, I think are really quick to let the pendulum swing one way or the other on this whole alcohol thing. Yeah, it's all good. Have your one, do your thing. Twenty one, like it's not that serious unless we're talking alcoholics versus not right. Yeah, then we can have the convo. And like you and I, who are casual wine drinkers, however many days a week you want to do that. 
it's fine and our brains will survive and I think we can live a fine life. I think yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But I'm saying like, and we'll never notice like the effect of it. However, to like fully recover from it for it to grow back and like get all of that out of there. It's, it's shocking. So interesting. I know it's crazy. I will say, um, doing dry January has helped me more balance. Like I probably won't drink on weekdays as much because the sleep I've been getting has been it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I go to bed at nine every night, but like I'm able to l- literally just like sleep in now. It's the best. So it's so nice. You don't notice your body so much when you're having alcohol. Cause I've been doing the same, like I didn't want to do like a full dry January, but I would do like a 10 days type thing. And, and I think I just more sporadically the past couple months have been doing that, but you don't know, what is it? Like you don't notice when you are drinking, it's like, whatever, mm-hmm. when you're not, that's when I look back the other way and I'm like, I feel so good. I don't feel bad when I do drink necessarily, Yeah, but I feel great when I don't. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, it, it is amazing. Like my workout sessions have been better. I've been reading more. Like they're just like little things that have been, my weekdays have just been a lot more productive and I've just been doing like these little things I never used to do before. Totally. You can optimize. Quick pause to talk about Copilot, which is a personalized fitness solution because every individual is unique and so is your fitness journey. And so Copilot is the best because new year, new what? New us. New everything. (laughs) Everyone's like, okay, let me go get in shape. And the best part about Copilot's apps is it links you with an affordable, real-life fitness coach who customizes workouts tailored to your individual needs and goals because Jordan and I don't work out the same because everybody's different. And so you know your needs and the best part, no fitness fads here. Work out anywhere, anytime and make fitness a seamless part of your lifestyle. You'll get a completely personalized workout with a step-by-step guidance and your coach will continuously update and adapt every workout to your goals. There's the human connection and accountability component. And of course, flexibility, which we love. So you guys join us and follow our lead to get fit and feel fabulous. Give Copilot a try to find out why it was listed by Forbes as the top rated personal trainer app of 2023. If that's not enough, I don't know what is. Head to mycopilot.com slash mean girl to get a 14 day free trial and 20% off the first month of personalized fitness with your own personal trainer. If you sign up before February 1st, 2024. So hurry, you guys. Go to mycopilot.com slash mean girl for 14 day free trial and 20% off your first month. That's mycopilot.com slash mean girl. 14 days trial for free and 20% off your first month. Sign up for the new year and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. I've read like four books in January. That's a lie. I've not read four books in January. I've read one and a half. Have you read any good ones? <laughs> Oh, you're reading that one. Well, I'm big on fantasy and romance, which are two books I don't think you'll ever read. I'm not going to read them, but I love that you're reading them. (laughs) What were the books that you've read that you were like, I've been reading? Any good self-help books? I'm assuming they're self-help. I'm reading The uh, Inner Game of Tennis. Oh. And my favorite thing, and I'm reading it really slow and I'm highlighting it. Because what I realized is I'll read a book and I'll love, I'll, I'll be like, this is so good. And then I'll go to recite all of it. And I'm like, okay, I, it felt good while I was reading it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. So I go back and I'll write it once and then I'll type it once. And then it gets in my brain. And my favorite part about it is, so when a rose is planted, the seed, 
we're not like mad at it for not having roots and not having like growing the stem and then not having the leaves and then it becoming a full blown rose because we know it's going to be a rose. Mm -hmm. So it's like recognizing the full potential of something. So the seed will become a rose, but we're so quick to be hard on ourselves and like get mad at ourselves if we haven't reached our full potential yet, but it's all part of the process and the rose can't grow overnight. We're not mad at the rose at the beginning when it's the seed. We just water it along the way and we're like, we know you're going to be a rose. And so it's like with us, we're like, we know you're going to be X, Y, Z. So enjoy the journey on the way there because it's not going to happen overnight. And I was like, oh, I think it's like the, the whole book is about getting into flow state. And your your judgmental self talking to your non-judgmental self. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I thought, isn't flow state like a creative thing that your brain does too? Well, so that that's, yes. It's flow state is when you're free from judgment. Yes. And you're, so yourself one is really criticizing yourself too. Mm-hmm. But yourself too, if you're playing tennis and you're just like chilling and like you're not thinking about it, you're really good. But when you start to be like, no, I need to follow through, keep my racket high. You start to mess up because you're thinking about it. So it's like detachment. I love that. I think myself and the listeners can all agree. We miss your quotes you used to bring to us from books. Oh, man. Do you remember that? Yes. You used to always do that. And they were good. Oh, because I read so many good books, but I had to stop reading them because they were so intense. I was going through so much personally that like that was my book. Yeah. Like life was the book. And so I would have like the most intense day. And then I would go home and try to read like some self-help book. And it was like, no. Yeah, I know. I haven't read a self-help book. In a, I think Think Like a Monk was the last self-help book I really picked up. Oh, such a good book. Because now I've been kind of reading to not hide from reality, but like take a break from reality. Yeah, it's a good break. Because we've always worked. I mean, for the past two years, we've worked in social media. But since we work in a social media network now, it's a little bit more work focused. Yeah. So I can't like go on social media ever really for pleasure. Right. So now I'm like, how can I like detox my brain? And I just like enter these worlds of romance or mystery or like all this great stuff. And people love it. Yeah. I know I was, this is gonna, I'm like thinking about two things I've learned and I'm like, which, how is this going to derail the podcast? What are they? No, it's okay. Tell, tell the group. So thinking, speaking of uh, learning things from books, I had almost like, you know, when you're reading, you have like this aha moment of, oh my gosh, I've actually implemented that in my life and I've experienced so much growth from it. And I feel like you definitely have experienced this. I was reading this book and I made a TikTok about it, but this girl was saying how she was so sad that her and this guy couldn't be in love because they'll never be, they can never be enough for each other. And I was reading, or no, sorry, they, um, let me pull, let me pull up the, what, like the book actually says, because I took a picture of it because it, it like hit home. And it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I've really grown as an individual through therapy and like talking to you and Mean Girl Pod. Like when I say Mean Girl Pod has taught us so much, like just t- being able to talk about it out loud is incredible. But what she said in the book was, um, We both just wanted someone to love us enough to make up for all the times we hadn't been enough for others. And it made me so sad because I used to think that so much, like I needed another person to always make me feel like enough. And I think in 2023, I finally realized the only person who can make you feel whole and enough is yourself. And until you realize that you won't experience like true, healthy, meaningful love. And it was just one of those moments where I like, 
kind of teared up because I was like, wow, this was like the biggest lesson I think I've learned in therapy and through this podcast and with you and like other people where I'm like, since implementing that, so many good things have happened in my life. Yeah. And I, when you first read it, I thought, oh, because she or he is saying to make up for all the times we weren't enough. And it's like, you're always enough, Mm -hmm. but you might not be that person's version of enough. So then you feel like you're not enough, but you are, you're plenty, but together you two aren't a match. Yeah. And so it's like to step back from that and say, I'm enough. He's enough. Together we were, it was not good, but like to know your self-worth and then to be able to say like, if I know I'm enough, then you can fully experience life as it is. is like so beautiful. Yeah. And just to know that you can't ever rely on someone else to make you feel like you're enough. And that's through parents friendships, romantic partners, business partners, like any type of a relationship, like you really just have to lean on yourself and be like, I am enough. You have, you, if I learned anything last year, it is you have, it's you. And I think, I think as a society, it's like nice to think somebody else will give you that. But at the end of the day, the actual end of the day. And we we're, we always say the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But really, like, when your head hits your pillow at night and you close your eyes and it's just you with your thoughts, that's kind of like the end of your life, too. When it's just you sitting there, like, your parents are dead, probably. Mm-hmm. And your friends, I don't know where they are. The person you love, they're not sitting there with you. And it's just, like, you and you're meeting whoever it is you think you meet. And you just have to say, like, was I enough? And that's why we have to make some of these decisions sometimes where it's, like, you disappoint others, you disappoint your partner, but if you're not happy, then there's it's, you can't sustain it. The better the hair, the better the what? Life, everything. Yes. <laughs> the, the happier we are. You guys know we love Way. We keep talking about it. Jordan, what's your favorite product? Honestly, I'm not just saying this. I love all their products, but my favorite two right now are the detox shampoo and the hair oil. Use them every day. Yes, and and that's why you always have the fresh-looking hair, which looks Thank like you. she got a blowout daily because <laughs> you want salon-style hair, but you want to be able to do it at home. I personally am obsessed with the leave-in conditioner because it's detangling, it's hydrating, it and it's so good, and it's defrizzing. Ooh. My hair's been so dry. I've been dry lately, so incredible. Your hair looked really good yesterday. Thank you, and the detox shampoo. And currently, (laughs) well, today it's a little older than it was yesterday, but it's okay because I have my Whey products. Um, Give your hair a glow up with Whey. Go to, okay, you guys, this is important how we're going to spell it, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use promo code MEANGIRL for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code MEANGIRL. Happy hair. Yeah, I just, I feel like that's been kind of the the trend in January. I, I feel so bad. A lot of TikToks that I've seen have been people getting laid off. And all these people are like, there's one thing I wish I could have gone back in time and taught myself is that no one in corporate America is ever going to look out for you. You have to always look out for yourself, all this stuff. And I, it doesn't need to be a harsh lesson. Like, cause it sounds kind of harsh. Like you only have yourself, but you have to like shape it in a way where like you have to look out for yourself in all these different ways in a healthy way. Cause this girl was saying, she's like, I just thought I was always going to be okay in this job. Cause they seemed like they cared about me. And at the end of the day, like this person I thought was my friend fired me. And it's like, because people name will look out for themselves in hard situations. And it's like, if you would have looked out for yourself a little more. And she even said that she's like, I probably could have like read the signs and started looking for a new job or this or that. But it's just, I feel like that's been like the constant lesson in January. 
Well, and I think too, we have to realize one, like if you get to the mentality where you're irreplaceable, you're in a really dangerous spot because mm-hmm. no one is. Yeah. Like there's no such thing at any time of life where like somebody is completely irreplaceable and truly the irreplaceable ones are the ones that operate under the mentality that they're not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the kind of kick-ass mentality that's like, yeah, go get them. But then to have a little bit of a look out for you component, somebody the other day was asking me for advice. And they're like, is this selfish? And I said, the world could use a little bit more of what we call selfish. There's a big difference between burning somebody, which is that's not selfish. It's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then being selfish, if we want to call it that, which has a negative connotation, which is just looking out for yourself and optimizing for the better of you, which they're, they're two totally, you don't burn somebody that's being a dick, mm-hmm. but you can say, no, I got to look out for me because we're so quick to think everyone's just going to look out for everybody and everyone's going to get a trophy. And it's like, no, because life can be hard. Yeah. And if you don't look out for you, no one else is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's when life hits you in the face. Yeah, that there's a callback I wanted to do to two episodes ago when we talked about um, friendships and how like you like we're sick of people being like you've changed because you're in a relationship or like you're um, like you might not want to go out and your friends judge you for that. So one of the TikToks we posted got a lot of positive feedback. So so grateful for everyone who commented, but it was the one where we were talking about how in a relationship, you'll still hang out with your friends, but you don't want to go out till 3 a.m. with your friends necessarily. And someone commented and got a lot of likes that was like, well, it's really hard being the single friend because your friends, um, I really should like pull these things up too. I like that though. Because I feel like the friendship, like people love when we talk about friendships and. Yeah, I want to hear the exact, I think that'll be good. Okay, so it was the clip where it says the worst thing someone can do is when you're in a relationship and they're like, I'll just play it for you and we can. Like that, remember that clip? Yes. And then someone commented and it got thousands of likes and she was like, I totally agree, but there's perpetually, but as perpetually the single friend, you just always feel forgotten and are the only ones that reaching out to make those one-on-one plans. It sucks. And I was like, that kind of just goes what you said about looking out. It's like, like that person just kind of sucks. Like, like I, this is, I'm starting to get confused now with my thought process here, but it goes back to like, I am a friend who used to be single and now is in a relationship. And I feel like I have a very good balance of, seeing all my friends, but not going out till 3 a.m. But I've had friends who get in relationships and totally are like, see ya later, bye. But then you start to realize like those weren't, that wasn't actually like a great friend to begin with. Right. And then I started to realize like I need to make new friends because I wasn't even like looking out for myself when it came to friendships. I was just trying to like be the people pleaser and maintain these friendships where I realized I was like, these are just one-sided. Like these people don't even want me in their life. Mm-hmm. So it just like goes back to friendships as well, where it's like, you got to look out for yourself and like only surround yourself with the people that like truly matter and actually like want to be a part of your life. And I think, I think it's getting easier with friends. Yeah. Because the older we get, Some are in a relationship, some are married with kids, some are still single, some live in other cities, right? And we've got a melting pot of them all. Everyone's in a different spot. The friendships that are easy and you just text each other and you call sometimes and you see each other when you're in town, those are the the ones that are just easy, like they work. 
Yeah. And they make it over the finish line. And it's like to the girl, it's like, but I'm the single friend and no one wants to hang out with me. It's like, that's not true. No. Like you, you shouldn't have to make a plan and force all your friends to come. Like these natural friendships, like be friends with people that want to be friends with you back. And you have like a really good feeling when you're talking to them. Yeah. Because gone are the days where you have to make this very heavy effort to be friends with somebody. It just happens and, and put, have some thick skin with it. Yeah. And why would you want to be friends with someone who gets in a relationship and then immediately deletes you from their life? Yeah. Like let loop them in a bit. Yeah. If they want to. But also, also, I think, too, no hard feelings if they stop talking to you. Yeah. That just. OK. Wouldn't you rather know that and accept it for what it is than try to force it? Yeah. And cause some drama around it. And I'm not saying this girl is having a pity party, but it's almost like. If you feel that way, you have to do something about it. Like, put yourself out there more. Go to more events. Like, I remember when I was single, I would say yes to everything. I would hang out with acquaintances. I would go to events alone. It sucked, but it was so rewarding because it kept my social calendar busy. I met a lot of people. And it gave me so many, like, fun stories and experiences. And I never felt lonely because I was constantly doing something with my free time. Totally. And and the moment... Graham moved out and I was like here by myself. I remember thinking I did. I always had friends that were single and friends that were in a relationship here. And I started hanging out and going to dinner a lot more with the ones that were single Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to. And I felt like I belonged with them. And I felt a little awkward around my friends that were like in relationships Mm -hmm. for a second. And it was like, okay, is there a problem? No. All right. Well, who do you want to hang out with them? And I would just go with them. Yeah. And if you are the constant single friend, because I've been that person, you have to also like just try to compromise a little bit. Like I remember back in Minnesota, because all of my friends were in relationships, maybe you don't hang out with your friend at six o'clock on a Saturday to midnight. Maybe you get brunch with them or breakfast or walk, go on a walk with them. Like over the weekend, me and my friend, because we've just been so busy, we literally met up at 3 p.m. on a Sunday till 6 p.m. and watched YouTube and ate snacks. And it's like, I would never have done that before because I was like single and always had all this free time. But it's like you learn to change the way you see and hang out with people. And we still had like the most amazing time. Totally. I think there's like no rule to it. Like, I think you just do what Like, I'm not hanging out with anybody watching YouTube ever. Yeah. From three to six. (laughs) I just wouldn't, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, that works for me. I'm like, I just kind of shoot a text every once in a while. Yeah. But like, that works for me. But some friends, I feel like they, in their head, they're like, well, if you don't hang out with me every Friday or Saturday night, like, we can't be friends. Like, no, you can. But like, let's try having brunch together or going on a walk on a Sunday morning around Central Park or this or that. It's like there's different ways to hang out with your friends and have totally. meaningful conversations and connections. Yeah, and, and if it doesn't, I've had to learn like if if there are some friends that their name pops up and you're like, this isn't going to be uplifting. It's going to be telling me something. It's just like, come on. Mm -hmm. We don't need to do it because there's so many other friendships these days that are like fruitful and happy and exciting and make you feel empowered and like proud of yourself. Yeah. And it's just like, go that way. Like Mm -hmm. you're three to six that you hung out with that person. It sounds like you guys had a blast. Mm -hmm. And you, your takeaway from that was like, I wouldn't done that. And I love it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, go that way. Do that with that, you know, and like, you're probably going to want to hang out with them again at a random time. 
It's like the sometimes that I will answer the FaceTime. I'm like, that was really nice. And like, I had fun on that. It's like, I'll do it again. Cause you just like, I don't think we have to force ourselves anymore into these friendship buckets to make the other people happy. Yeah. When both parties are happy doing yeah. different things. And like, Give your friends some grace, like understand when people get into new relationships, like, yeah, maybe they'll want to see their partner every day of every hour. But like, as every relationship gets, like it will fade and like people will get used to seeing that person there. And like, everyone knows, like when you first start dating someone, you always want to be together. But then in a year, they're like, yeah, I see my boyfriend every day. So of course, I'll like hang out with you on the weekends now. Like, just give your friends some grace and like, let them enjoy like this new part of life that they haven't experienced and like if you're like kind they'll come back wait don't you want that for the friend yeah like i don't understand if you start dating pete and want to be with him every day if you want to be with pete every day which is a really important part of the equation of that sentence why would i want you to do something different yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah and like I too, and maybe this is because I'm from Minnesota where everyone was in a relationship. I was always like so cool with hanging out with my friends and their boyfriends because they were always like so cool. Like they never acted like that annoying couple. Like they just treat, like we were all just friends. So we would like go get drinks together or like I would fifth wheel a lot. Like I would third wheel a lot, but it's like I just started treating them both as my friend. And I like welcomed this new person into my life as a friend. Yeah. And that was probably when, how old were you? 24, 25. So that's when, I don't know, statistically, maybe you marry that person, maybe not. But like when you're 28, when you're 30, when you're 32, you're not like dating casually. No. You're like dating where you'll probably move in with that person in a year. Yeah. You probably will see them every day, you know, and then you might marry them mm-hmm. and then you might be with them forever. And the older you get, depending on what, what you want the rest of your life, right? Like if you want to be going out to clubs when you're 45, yeah, adjust accordingly right now and like live that life. But if you're like, I kind of want to get married, I kind of want a family. Well, I think it's appropriate naturally to be like, if I'm dating somebody and I see a future with them, I will allocate a good part of my time to that yeah. to see if I can foster that. And I think as friends, people can be like, that makes sense. Yeah. That might just work for you. Yeah. And we're not giving anyone excuses. Like there is a fine line of like what we're talking about. And then that person who is an asshole who gets in a relationship and is literally like, bye, don't, I'm never going to be a friend to you. And then as soon as they break up, they're like, so guys, I just like really need you right now. And it's like, okay, F off. Like, like we all had, we all know that fine line. Well, and that, that's not your friend probably. No, that is not your friend. Maybe it is your friend. I don't know. Oh my God. That's like so many girls in college or high school. It's like, they want, they will never be there for you. And then as soon as they break up, they're like, I just like, can you come over? And like, I need you. And you're like, where were you for two years? Yeah, I needed you too, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'll come. We understand the fine line, but. Quick pause to talk about apostrophe because what's worse than having bad skin? Literally, literally nothing. It's like my worst nightmare. If I, and it's been this way since high school. If I'm like broken out or something, I am just like, I want to crawl in a hole and I don't want to go anywhere. A thousand percent. You want to talk about your eczema? Yeah, so I struggle with eczema, especially in the winter. Mm-hmm. My skin, my rosacea flares, my eczema flares, and I feel like I just always need more of a stronger dermatological product. Like the drugstore products don't work. The fancy skincare I buy at Sephora doesn't work. Like I need to go to the dermatologist and get some good 
good creams. Yes. And, and and the thing is, there's so you don't know. It's not one size fits all. So mm-hmm. it's easy to focus on the negative, especially when your skin's not looking its best. But you have to remember that's why it's important to take care of yourself. And one of the best forms of self-love is obviously taking care of your skin and then you feel good on the inside and the outside. And that's why we're so excited to partner with Apostrophe because we're on camera every week. And so we know the power of having good skin and how you feel. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. That's the, that's the thing. It's like what Jordan uses might not work for me. All skin is different. So through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne oral and topical. All you have to do is simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. That's like, that's really um, incredible. And, and you don't of, have to leave your house. You don't have to, you don't have to leave your house and you get access to an expert dermatologist team and a tailored treatment plan to you. So really incredible. And we have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit today for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash mean girl. When you use your code mean girl, M-E-A-N-G-I-R-E, M-E-A-N-G-I-R-L, mean gee, that's a savings of $15. The code is only available to our listeners. I'll do it one more time. Get your first visit today for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash M-E-A-N-G-I-R-L. 100 episodes later, you think I could spell it. Um, to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash mean girl and then click the get started. Then use our code mean girl at the sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And I think there's just like no, I think there's no rules to it. Like we don't really know either. But I think one thing we saw was you just kind of have to start optimizing for yourself. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's not selfish either way. To, yeah. I, I think that's what we're saying more so is like because things have changed for both of us so many times over the past year, we've been in all the different positions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's just giving yourself permission to be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And give yourself permission to say, like, yeah, if I want to be with them, I'll be with them. Yeah. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. And you will have the single friend that, that was that comment. And it's like that's we've also been that person, though. A thousand percent. And that, you know, for us looked a little different. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, like, by age, but, like, really, like, when you're in those situations, like, if if I'm that girl commenting, it's, like, I want you to look around and, like, actually see these people and be, like, are they actually friends? Like, friends I want to keep in my life. And do they want to be, you know, because there's, there's, I don't know where she lived, but, like, there are, birds of a feather typically flock together, I've noticed. Yeah. So the singles are hanging, as they should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the couples are starting to do the double dates, as they should. Yeah. You know, and there's the blend, and it all kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've I've learned a lot about friendships this past, like, year. Or, like, once you get into a relationship, in, like, really good ways. Yeah, and the older you get, too, it's really nice. Yeah. Because I remember in college, my friendships would cause me... So much anxiety, not in a bad way that my friends weren't bad. My friends were wonderful in college, but the little things felt so big. And I remember my mom used to say to me, oh, honey, you're not going to care about that when you're older. And I would think there's no way I'm not going to care about this. Like she said this about me and it felt so and it felt so big. And now I'm like, there's so much more space in my head because you just you grow up, you mature, like you get perspective Someone says something about me. I'm like, no problem. Anyway, and like, truly, it's no problem. It's like um, when you have like your first heartbreak, your mom's like, oh, trust me. 
<laughs> when you're older, you're going to think this was nothing compared <laughs> to what's about to come. And boy, was she right. I remember my first heartbreak and I was like, ball. And I ne- no, but I, I swear that I swear my first heartbreak actually hurt worse than the rest of them. I think because I never felt it. No, wait, no, Alex. I, <laughs> my first heartbreak hurt worse than when I broke up with my boyfriend of five years. <laughs> I remember sitting in the back of my parents' car bawling and them just being like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. But no, still to this day, I'm like, that hurt really bad. I remember I cried like every day for two weeks. And then you couldn't get over it. Because you were going to marry that person and nobody understood, not even your parents. And they, and, they, and I remember this, this is different. And they'd be like, no, it's not. <laughs> it is amazing. Like the more like you go through something, even if it is as bad as heartbreak, like you really do become numb to it. Even though it's kind of messed up to say. I have my, my parents have these like one friends that started dating when they were sophomores in high school and they're married today. They have three kids. So in love. And I remember in high school, I was like, I love him. And they were like, you don't. And like, your heart's broken. And I was like, but the so-and-sos are still married today. And I'm going to be the exception to the rule. And like, I'm going to be them. And I remember my parents just looking at me. But I know if my kid says that to me, I'll be like, well, what if they are? What if they're right? What if they are the 1% that's going to marry their high school sweetheart and live happily ever after? And I'm telling them that they're an idiot. I know. I, I always think, like, I can't wait to have kids so I can, like, tell them the stories that I went through. Like, oh, don't worry. I also bawled my eyes out in high school. And I met my future husband in, in my late, late 20s. Like, <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> that's got to be so fun when your kid, like, gets caught for sneaking out. And you're like, you can't. You're just yelling at them. And you go back and you're like, listen, it was pretty good. Like, the alarm didn't go off. They turned the, the car lights off. We didn't see it. Like it was a pretty good sneak out. It's like that you got you and your husband like high five. Like wow, we taught them. We taught them well. You're like proud of them. <laughs> yeah. You're like they knew, but you're yelling at them. I'm like that's the stuff that I bet is so. They get caught with like a boy in their bedroom. No, literally, like your son has a girl over, and like the dad's just like you did better than I did. Yeah, you do yell at him, <laughs> and then you go downstairs and you're like high five. <laughs> proud of them. It's gonna be so crazy, and it's such an exciting like thing to think about like who everyone marries and who's like how everyone's kids turn out oh my gosh that's been really wild to have to reroute that thought in my head yeah because for so long it looked like a certain picture to me and then to to wipe the clay the slate clean and then be like "Mm." it's like really really weird because my friends from back at home I know what that looks like for all of them yeah and I see these like cute little families forming and then I'm like well question mark no it's actually so crazy like I remember when I met you, I was like, oh, I'll never get to experience. I remember making come like, that sucks. I'll never get to experience your wedding. But it's like, I'll get to experience your wedding now. <laughs> you might. Like, <laughs> that's so crazy to think about. Yeah. And I don't mean that. Like, I don't mean that in an exciting way or anything. It's just like become more <clears throat> matter of fact, I feel like, to us. Yeah. Because it's such a big part of people's lives. Yeah. Like their wedding and who they marry. And yeah. And we're in that weird, not weird age, but like that age where it's like in the next five years, all like all my friends will be married yeah and you'll watch kids pop out yes <laughs> and then in 10 years it'll be like are they all still together like I, I feel like every what's 10 years century decade century decade I don't know every 10 years you look back <laughs> and you're like decades and I look back to when I was 20 and I'm like okay some people were dating then really not not really and now everyone's like married, having kids or not. And it's just like, we're never where we think we're going to be. You can't map it. It's almost like I don't want to think about where I'm going to be because it never comes true. Yeah. Think about you at 38. Like, could you guess? You probably have no idea. For some reason, I just like, I think it's because I've been in my 20s for eight years. I like can't picture 
what I'll be like when I'm like 40 and 50. I can picture 30s because it's like two years from now. But like, right. what the heck? Like, we're, it'll be the first time in our lives where we truly like look different too. Yes, I know. So I feel like I've looked like this for... Did you ever have that moment where you looked in the mirror and you were like, I look older than I did? Yes. I remember that. I was 23. Really? I like vividly remember I, I was at work and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't recognize who I am. It was like this the weirdest thing, but I still remember it to this day. Oh. Like I noticed like wrinkles I didn't have and I'm being very dramatic right now, but like I just remember being like, I look older than I did in college. Yeah. You know, I lived college really hard. <laughs> And so I actually, I actually, <laughs> your bedroom button. <laughs> I look at those photos. I'm like, oh man. Like, I remember going to the doctor with my dad over Christmas break because I was sick. And I got on the scale. I don't want to like weight shame, but okay. I, I won't say the number yeah, yeah. at all. Cause I was like, no, cause, but, I, but I was 25, probably 30 pounds heavier than I was. It was definitely 25 from the time that I had left for a semester. And so it had been, it had been five months. But like you hit the freshman 15. Well, tw- freshman 25. <laughs> and I remember my dad, who's just like a teddy bear looking at me being like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. And I just like never slept, drank all the time, you know, like ate the Pickleman's pizza. Guys, let's talk about how we are all auto-subscribed and auto-paying for everything. Like Mr. President, who's auto-paying for Clear every month on three different accounts. What? I know. <laughs> Can you even handle that? No, I can't, but it doesn't surprise me. And we don't know about it because it's just it's auto-drafting. So you guys, insert Rocket Money, which is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills, which like, if we don't all need it, I need that. I'm subscribed to every streaming service under the sun. And now that you have Rocket Money, how many, I mean, I, I found six myself and I was like, whoa. No, there's, there are so many that I'm subscribed to, but I'm too lazy to unsubscribe. I've been paying for the same website for like three years and it's like they catch it all and they'll bring it to you and you're like, uh, and it's just money flying out of your bank account, you guys. It is so reckless of us. So think about it between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, parenting apps, it's endless and we're both guilty of it. So we used Rocket Money to help us find what subscriptions we're actually spending our money on and it is so eye-opening and we had to cancel the ones that we didn't want anymore and the amount of money that you will save that you don't even know you're spending is incredible. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's crazy. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash mean girl. Who's sweet? Another one I was paying for. That's rocketmoney.com slash mean girl. Rocketmoney.com slash mean girl today. Go save yourself some money and spend it on something else. I still remember when Alana and I went to your house together for the first time and being like, seeing all these pictures and we're like, who, who is this girl and why is she in all your family pictures? And it's different. Every year it's a different person. I don't know what is it. Like, I don't know what's happening. But like, you look younger, which is awesome. But it's so freaky, Alex. It's because I hit college hard. But you're old, not to bring it up, but your old wedding pictures even. I'm like, who is that girl? That's because I, you know what I did that I shouldn't have done with the wedding? What? I, I went to a new Botox person Ooh. like four weeks before my wedding and she raised my eyebrows a lot. Yeah, she did. And did something to my mouth. You had a very um, pageant-y smile. Yes. And I like spocked and I look at those wedding photos and I'm like, I don't look like her. Why did I not find my Botox person and go to the right Botox person I don't know. ahead of time? Like that's one thing to not mess up. And I, and I got my hair dyed 
a shade blonder than usual. Yeah. So I didn't really look like me in my wedding photos. And your eyebrows were darker. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy. That that girl is always going to burn an image in my head. I can like vividly see that picture today. She's like this. No, literally. And like. It's like a Stepford wife. And now mm-hmm. you're just. I mean, even from when we started the podcast, you're like, you're like decreasing in age. You too, though. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. I'm getting younger looking. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, amazing. because, yeah, it's, well, I was looking at the photos the other day. Scary. They were popping up and I was like, who are they? Who's that girl with no lips? That, <laughs> that was me. I never had an upper lip. I forgot, but I don't even remember that. You know what I mean? Like this to me just is how you look. Doing a stitch today of you with long hair, I was like, I forgot you had long hair. Me too, never again. I love your hair, that like the length it is now. Yeah, this is just easier. This is just life right here. <laughs> like I, the amount of time I save is like unbelievable. Right? Yes. And it's just like, it looks so pretty when it's in curls and you can like put it up all nice. And I don't know what I was doing. I would spend hours. I remember. Oh. You're like, I need two hours to do my hair. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Nobody should do that. It's like not life. I'm like, oh, so sad. Were you in a sorority? I was in a sorority. You were? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's actually, I think this. I think we can talk about it because of the whole- You were Kappa Delta, right? Kappa Kappa Gamma. Kappa Kappa Gamma. What were you? Alpha Gamma Delta. A-G-D. Yeah. K-K-G. Okay, well, what it was is a sorority at SMU. I think it was the theaters. They had gotten kicked off campus because you can get kicked off campuses, you know? And like yeah. the how, okay. So what they had done was they started like a social society. So it's not a real thing. Like it's not formally done through the university. And they have this like beautiful house that some of the parents are just like bankrolling. And it's this whole to do, right? Because that's crazy for your parents to be like, I'll just pay for the house. And so it got me to thinking about how important at the time and how like being in the sorority was everything. And looking back on it, somebody asked me like a year ago, you know, what sorority were you in? And if you could do it all again, would you do it? And I thought, yeah, at the university I went to, of course I would do, I would rush again. Would you? No. You wouldn't. I mean, I'm so grateful for like the journey I took, but I think with the school I went to, it it held me back from meeting a lot of other individuals because where I went to school, it was very, um, I don't want to say culty. That's a very, very wrong word to use, but it was very clicky. Okay. It's like Greek life only hung out with Greek life. Don't hang out with anyone else. Right. So I just felt like it didn't give me the opportunity to meet other people. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have clicked better with non-Greek life people. Okay. At, at mine, there were so many that were in it mm-hmm. and there was like a lot of good to it. Right. But I, so that's why I say when, if I went to OU again, I would do it. Yeah. The whole thing is, though, I'm not so sure, like, if this person goes to college right now, I don't think I'm going to an OU. I think I'm going to a less Greek life affiliated college. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that's at, but I felt like it gave me this really skewed view of life. Where like high school. I went to a public high school and, you know, when you get you've got dues and sororities. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you've got formal events to dress up for. And like the playing field wasn't even and it, it's not reality. Mm-hmm. And I think it leaves out a lot of people and it gives you this false sense of what the world's going to be like when it's not really your world. Especially in like those big, big Southern schools where girls are just like crying at the end of recruitment and they think that their life is over because since they didn't get accepted into a sorority, they don't get accepted into life. It's sad. 
And if, and for those girls, I think, because I think anytime something bad happens, we can take some good from it, right? Mm-hmm. Like those girls, I think, li- learn a harsh lesson right then. And if they can rise above it, I think they fare better than, I had a really easy rush, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And I had a lot of houses to choose from. Didn't cry. Uh, that's not the world. No. And there was a lot of times throughout high school where I remember people would say to me, well, don't do that because you won't get in a sorority. And at the time, it was all I knew. And I look back on it, and a lot of people in Oklahoma are not, they're not going to like this whole take we're having right now. But your my ability to be in a sorority was because my mom and dad could pay those dues. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a job that put me through it. And, you know, if I went to a bar and drank underage, I went to standards. Well, that's a really weird thing to obey this, like, false sense of rules. Mm-hmm. And the more I look back on it at the time, going through the sorority was all you did. Of course you did it. Yeah. But the far, further I get away from it, the more I'm like, this has no nothing to do with real life. And it's like kind of a mean concept. Oh, very much so. I was, when you were saying that out loud, because you're just making my memory, like, remember all these things. I wonder if Greek life will ever not be in. Because it, if you think about it, it's like kind of a messed up culture. <laughs> well, it is. And it's like, I didn't learn more because I was in it. No. Um. In fact, actually, I had like a group of girls that were just like really mean to me. Mm-hmm. And I look back on college and I talked to some people we meet up here. Like I talked to Mr. President who went to this, co- you know, McGill in Canada. Don't know. But like, oh, I keep forgetting he's Canadian. <laughs> I was like, it's, what? <laughs> it's in Montreal. And I think it's like a, you know, they optimize for your education. Do they have Greek life in Canada? I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't think they do. Okay. If so, he, here's the thing. He's never mentioned it. Okay. Which is cool. Like, I don't even know if he was in it and I hasn't, I haven't even thought to ask him, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I look back on, on college and I think of sorority life. That doesn't help me with our job today. That didn't help me with haters on the internet. Like that didn't help me work harder. No, I didn't learn any like life lessons there. I just tried to fit into like a crowd a lot that thought the same way. Yeah. Like I remember my brother went to a big 10 school and he was part of a fraternity and like your fraternity defined who you who you were at that college. Like everyone knew, like if you're part of this fraternity, you were this type of person. Part of like this sorority, you were this type of person. I'm like, that is crazy. Cause I went to a very small school, so it wasn't like that big of a deal. Okay. But like where he went, it was like if you got into the wrong sorority fraternity, you could be committing social suicide. Oh no, that that's a bit how OU is. Yeah. And like the Kappas only hang out with the insert fraternity here. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, she's dating an XYZ. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, I and I want to preface this. There's a lot of good to it. Like, there's the philanthropic side of it, and there's a lot of scholarships they give out. Like, not hating that. Mm-hmm. But the overall process and, like, the concept of it, and that's why Rush Talk goes off like it does. I refuse to watch Rush Talk. It, But it's, but it is so crazy. entertaining. <laughs> but it's crazy, too, and it's so many people's, like, life. And also what's crazy too is that Rush Talk is making girls turn famous. Like girls who maybe were like, quote unquote, the prettiest girl to go through Rush or the girl who didn't get a house. Like those girls are now famous like creators on TikTok. Totally. And it's amazing how like that culture can just do that. Well, and it's fascinating if you step back, back from it from a concept standpoint. The fact that we would rush people we would have them like come through visit houses and then you would pick them based off of their gpa like personality honey sorry but it's how you did in high school yeah never mind if you're gonna go on to start the next uber (laughs) you know let's not bet on potential here let's bet on what you did do and just like the things that you 
like just being on like on the other side of recruitment, like how you judge people that went through. Like I just think about it. It's so messed up. Oh, I was the vice president of recruitment. So I can tell you a little. I was like really into it. Yeah, it's all. And I and I look back on it now and I'm thankful for my perspective and like meeting people. I used to always say, of course, I would send my kid there and I would hope my daughter would be a Kappa. Mm -hmm. If my daughter wants to go and do that. All right. We'll ride that wave. But. The bigger you see the world and the more perspective you get, and it's why proximity is everything. Like where you live can be all you know, and it can be wonderful. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to be said for not disrupting that bubble. Yeah. Okay, well, we disrupted that bubble and we moved. And I sit here now and I think, oh, my God. Oh, wow. We really did pull up a panel of girls. And then we let other girls talk about if we were going to keep those girls or not. Mm -hmm. And... You know, when when you go to hire somebody for a job, most of the time you look at their resume, but you go off the interview. You go off how they pitch themselves. You look at, we're taught these days to, if you wanted to hire somebody from an, an Ivy League school versus somebody on potential and their grit, you might go potential and grit. Mm-hmm. But these sororities, they go off this like such strict rubric where you can't even go for a lower GPA. And it's yeah. like, it's like that's pigeonholing a person down to so much when they're so young. And most of the things they get that get them into a house is based off of things that they can't control, like their background, their family's finances, their looks, their appearances. It's not like, like you said, this girl could potentially be the, starting the next Uber. Yeah, maybe she was like a little bit of a slut in high school, which we would call lady of the night, which which would put it nicer. Okay, well, I'm sorry. We don't know what her home life was like. Yeah. And she might, she might be so scarred from that past that she's going to turn it around. Guess who ends up being a lady of the night in college? The girl that was really good in high school because mom and dad were so hard on her. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's all these different life perspectives that put into play and we judge these people on it. And it like has a lasting impression on them. And it's like like if, if the girls don't get into sorority, they're distraught. Yeah. And it's like the baseline to get into that is crazy. Did you did you think of this? Because was there uh spring recruitment or did something happen? SMU does second semester. So that's okay. why this new house started popping up. And I never really even clicked on it. I just loosely read it and, my, and Sydney went to SMU. And so I was kind of following them, talking about it. I wasn't as concerned with that as I was what it did. I happened to be sitting on the train. So I took like an hour to think about, I was like, recruitment, recruit, recruitment. And I like hadn't sat and thought about it. Yeah. And I thought, dang. There's a girl um, a little bit under fire. I mean, there's no really correlation to her being a story, but she got famous on TikTok because she was part of the whole rush talk. And I, I'm actually curious of your thoughts on this. Um, so she's under fire on TikTok right now because she did a massive PR unboxing. It was like two months of PR, blah, 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 blah. And people are coming at her think, like saying like, they're like, what she's showing is unrealistic. She's privileged, privileged, like brands are getting mad at her for like just hoarding like all their PR. And like, like she had like, ma- like four hours worth of like a YouTube video or something. And... I just like it's just it's so funny that one brands are getting mad at her because it's like when you stop sending PR to like, you know, who you're sending your PR to. Wait, so they're they're sending her the boxes and they're mad. She's opening them. Well, like there's like different people are putting on her fire. Like brands are like a little upset because they're starting to be like, maybe we shouldn't give influencers our PR packages anymore because they think that they go to waste because like influencer open them and then like give them away. Yeah. And then like other people are like angry with her because they think that she's 
like priv- privileged or spoiled for like having all this PR and like people are just like all the stuff is like mad at her and she's just like under fire right now. It is it was just like fascinating because I'm like, but I don't get what, but don't we don't we get? Yeah, but she, they were upset because she had like four hours worth of PR to open. So they the, they think that she got too many boxes or did she wait too long to open them? Just that she's like too privileged, like that this is like her life. Like she's getting like too, like people, you know how people just get mad that like influencers have like do certain things for their career. Yeah. They were just like upset with her. Like they're like, you're just too privileged. Like you shouldn't have this opportunity to open all these boxes like just like very stupid stuff yeah that seems like I'm gonna open a box if I get it yeah that's not on her right no and that's why I'm like okay brands it's funny that you're getting mad at influencers because it's like you get to control where the PR goes does she have like an entitled narrative happening otherwise I don't know I didn't really look into her but I uh I was gonna say I would assume so because she came from Rush Talk uh yeah I'm wondering (laughs) like I feel like there's like a missing Cause like if you get a box naturally, I think you would yeah. open it. I think it was just because like her thumbnail was like her with hundreds of boxes behind her, and she was like, "Spend four hours of me opening all these gifts that companies gave to me," and people are just like pissed off at her. Oh, I'm just like, I mean, I my I want to say get your bag, girl, but I need to know the rest of the story. Yeah. Like, I need to understand how we got to the point of getting the the boxes. I started to hear that people were mad at her, and I stopped watching the video because I was like, oh, another reason people are complaining. Like, I just don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. Like, I can't handle this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I would think everyone would want the boxes. Yeah. I just am like, unfollow her then. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But they can't follow her because they do want to know what is in all those boxes. Yes. <laughs> and so do I. And there is a <laughs> level of curiosity happening. We have, a, we have a listener question about friendship, I believe. Watch it not be anything about friendship. <laughs> Can we also just say that the TMZ people replied, and I haven't read it yet, but since their episode's already out, I do think if you haven't listened to this is the worst, most recent episode, the Army Hammer one. Yeah. Go. You guys. <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone who listens to me and pod needs to listen to this is the worst because that podcast makes me cry from laughter. We like haven't really talked about them yet, but we yeah. listen to their episodes every week. And like this one and, and good for both of them for doing it in an educated way and like a thoughtful way, but just Oof. I was like, jaw was on the floor listening to that episode. Oh, it's crazy. He was like trying to talk to him like, shh, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> juicy. I'm busy. That's like one I want to send to like all of my friends and be like, I would send you this from an unbiased perspective of just this is a good story. Yes. A thousand percent. Wouldn't want to be the pastor. Okay. Should it be this? Yeah. All right. Okay. Here's the <laughs> listener question. <laughs> Ricochet shot. Okay. Hey, I was wondering if you could possibly give me an impartial opinion on my friendship breakup. Over the past two years, I've been really close with my friend. I consider her a best friend. This past year, I found her to be overwhelming. She is someone that needs constant communication daily or else she feels unwanted. I'm talking text, FaceTime, calls, Snapchats. If you don't respond promptly, then you get called out and the cycle starts again. I'm an introvert. I truly enjoy my alone time. When I get off work, I'm really not, I really don't want to be on my phone and I like just relaxing. At 26, I only got social media a year ago after I got married. I don't have a healthy relationship with my phone, and I voiced this to her. I have also talked to her and let her know that I'm not the type of person that likes constant communication. It's not that I don't care or mean or mean like I don't like her anymore. It's just how I am. I don't even talk to my husband throughout the day or my mom on a weekly basis. So I get her. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Wait, was that the whole question? Mm-hmm. So is she is she asking for advice or just she wants an impartial um, opinion on her friend breakup? 
And so she's saying that this girl's like really needy with her communication. And she's saying like, I don't like to communicate that much. I don't like having my phone and I don't talk to my husband or my mom that much. I think the biggest thing, especially at 26, that you need to realize is if you're not ending friendships, you're not growing. Like it's okay to not keep every friendship around. Some people, my therapist tells me this every single week I see her. People are in your life for a reason, season, or lifetime. And if someone is causing you that much anxiety and that much stress and you voice to them that they are and you've had a conversation around it, because I think it's very important that you communicate before you just totally abandon this friendship. Like if they aren't serving you in a positive, healthy way, like it's okay to allow that friendship to no longer exist for your own mental health and sanity. Yeah, I agree. I think there's two things. One, people can't read minds. Mm -hmm. So if you're just giving her the cold shoulder— that's going to confuse her and two wrongs don't make a right. Correct. So, but she said, I voiced it to her, which I love. Same. I love that. So yeah. you did your part and you're like, hey, I'm not really a phone person. Just really not a communication. Like I just kind of do my own thing. She says, I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. Okay. No problem. If you explain that to your friend, I think it's on your friend then to digest that and do what they want with it. Cause your communication styles are really different. Yeah. Number two, I don't think it has to be a zero to 100. It's not we are best friends or we are not friends. It's just you go from circle one to two to three or four. Yes. We don't have a problem, but we're just not the best of friends anymore. But I still like you, but you need more for me than I can give you. And so we go to circle three or four and I still love you, but my best friends are somewhere else. And her best, she needs different kinds of best friends too. So it's a really thoughtful parting. I could not agree more with you on that. I feel like with girls, friendships are always zero or a hundred and I don't understand why we can't have like a healthy not even necessarily separation just like a healthy separation that comes maybe back when people grow and mature like I remember I had a friend actually just like that when I was younger and I had to end the friendship because it was like intoxicating and like I couldn't it was causing so much stress and anxiety and I voiced it to her but like if if we could have been more mature about it I'm sure on both sides it probably could have been more of a balance like you know what? Maybe we'll be like three tier friends for a while and so we both can grow up a little and then we'll go back to one tier. Yeah, you don't need to walk into a party and be like, oh, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. You can walk over and be like, hey, what's up, girl? How's so-and-so? Yes. Like, it is not that dramatic unless you make it that dramatic. Yeah, especially at 26. And I used to make it. And at 26, I think that's the age where it seems really big. Yeah. And it probably is ultimatum-y feeling. But really, it's just a chess move over. It's not the board. The game's not over. It's just move one to the right. And we're good. Exactly. That's a good question, though. That's a great question. And I think it happens to a lot of people. I think the biggest thing is, yeah, just communicate. Yeah, because because if you're if you're giving her the cold shoulder, she does not know what to do with that. And that's mean. Yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of be like, hi, I saw you FaceTime me six times. Yeah, I'm never going to call you back, but I love you. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, got it. Yeah. Like, I know you hate FaceTiming. Like, you voiced it to me. My best friends aren't FaceTiming. <laughs> they they know, and they just uh, were a text away, and we love each other for it. Exactly. And that's, you know, I'm a low-maintenance friend. Some people say, some people, you know, this, is, this is where perspective is everything. You could call me one of two things, a really shitty friend that doesn't communicate, or a low-maintenance friend you don't have to babysit. It's just the way you see it. It's the same problem. <laughs> it's just how you view it. I prefer low-maintenance friend you don't have to babysit, because I'm always going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm not going to call you a lot. You know, I don't need you to show up. We're yeah. good. And I'll probably remember to send the gift. <laughs> I would want me as a friend, but some people are like, that's 
she doesn't talk to me. It's like, <laughs> not because I'm talking to other people. <laughs> You're like, I'm literally not talking to anyone else. I'm treating everyone the same. I'm in a playroom by myself. Like, <laughs> no one knows. It's not that you don't know, honey. It's that no one knows. <gasps> I'm dead. Oh my God, I love that. Um, okay, AB, do you want to do what you do best? Do I still have to do it? Oh, I don't think you do. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> okay. I think we recorded it. And now we're going into the outro. <laughs> Goodbye. Love you. <laughs> okay, that's it for today's episode. As always, thank you for listening to Mean Girl Pod, powered by Just Media House. I'm Alex Bennett. And I'm Jordan Woodruff. So, AB, do what you do best. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. We are at Mean Girl Pod on all platforms. Stay connected with us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and Snapchat at Mean Girl Pod. Podcast and social artwork and post-production by Creative Evolution Studios. Theme song to the Mean Girl Pod performed by Sergi Asbel. Mean Girl Pod, where your besties in your ear. New episodes every Monday.